Possession crucial from this. How much longer will the referee allow? Dublin lead by a point. And there's the whistle. It's over. It's over. We earned it by winning the last two matches on the road, and that's not going to be taken away from us. What I love in Hurland, I love players that will never give in. He hits it. He hits it. It's over the bar. Well, welcome along, everybody, to our latest episode of the GAA podcast. Myself and Rory are going to chat football with Kieran Whelan very shortly, but let's chat hurling with Shane McGrath first. And look, Shane, I loved your tweet when you were like, if you're not from Munster, God love you, because uh, <laughs> how could you not love it? Again, like it just really, really delivered. Both games, absolute crackers yesterday again. Yeah, epic stuff. Epic stuff, Jackie, I suppose. We're. We're kind of it's 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 par for the course now, and, and unless it's an absolute cracker and it's, it comes down to a last minute score, we're nearly going away disappointed. Such are the standards with the Munster Championship this year and with the players and what they're setting. And like, I we 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 were up in Torles yesterday. It was, it was great to be there, you know, with with the family and the friends. Like, and um, just the crowd that was there and the buzz around beforehand. It was just unreal and. We were all glued to Clare and Cork, I suppose, and, and that was nice as well, you know, uh, uh, like all Tip and Limerick people were glued to Clare and Cork wherever they could get it, and just the excitement there, and then we were saying, so we can't expect, we're not going to get that here, like, I mean, that that was unbelievable stuff, and then we were even talking to Limerick people going in going, geez, I, I never seen an atmosphere like Clare and Limerick in a long time inside the Gaelic grounds, and then when the final whistle went, you know, Limerick people sitting around us, and they just went, I think that was the best one yet this year. And I was like, Jesus, lads, what are the standards? Like, you know, it's, I, I, I didn't think Clare and Limerick could be surpassed, Jackie, for maybe excitement, atmosphere, scores. Maybe I'm being biased now, and maybe because I was lucky to be there. But even talking to Limerick people who were at both and they, they felt yesterday was, was just another step up again, like in terms of intensity, atmosphere. And lads, it had, it had everything, like it had everything. It had intensity, uh, here's here's one fact that maybe not a lot of people have. I just wrote down notes and a little piece of paper. On the 22nd minute, Gerard Hegarty was on his third helmet in the match. Um, I don't think you can account for that on anything, no matter how good you are. That that that's just what was going on, I suppose, lads. And like I, I put my hand up here as a Tipperary person, I suppose. If 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 some of the Limerick lads were doing what was what was being done, I suppose it's it's been viewed differently like but it was like tip targeted some of their guys and they went after them and they won the battles like um Hagerty taken off Keen Lynch taken off but I suppose when you're the champions it, it may be Jackie uh, Rory degree when you're the champions it probably gets you probably gets scrutinized a bit differently but when you're the challengers or the underdogs maybe it's different so look that's just been totally honest like I mean they they went after guys they they, they put in big hits on them um you know, we didn't see the first yellow card in the game was actually for for Barry Nash, and that was twenty six minutes gone. I have down here, but there was some fair hits went in lads before that. So we could talk about the game. It was unbelievable. Like again, where were we coming into it, Jackie? I suppose as Tipperary people, we were going in, we were going in hope last year that we did something, but there was a real belief around the place yesterday. That, yeah, we're actually good enough now, physically, hurling wise, to go toe to toe them. And it was great for, as a tip person, that we actually went and did it. And then the Limerick side of it is, look, are they, are they, are they, are they struggling? Um, are they fi- hard to find, find, finding it hard to find form? Are they now coming up against a Cork team who play a running game and will they have the legs for them? Lots of ifs and buffs, lads. But look, like if, like I can, you cannot ask for any more than what we're getting out of the Munster Championship at the moment anyway. Yeah. Look, I think the biggest question is with Limerick at the moment, Rory. So let's start there. 
three weeks in, we've seen them for a couple of outings and people every week are kind of whispering, I'm not sure, I'm not sure, I'm not sure. But yet, they beat Cork at the weekend. They're still in the All-Ireland series. They can still win the All-Ireland. So, like, I guess the jury's out, but you would still say for John Kiley, he's still in a perfect position. And they have Cork at home, and Cork's record against Limerick of late is uh, atrocious. So I don't think, again, no panic buttons. I, I suppose the only thing for me, Jackie, was they had a three-week break um, leading into the Tipperary match, and I suppose people were expecting a freshness about them. And I still felt that there were times in their play where there was an element of lethargy. Their decision-making at times wasn't at the same sort of crisp standard that we would normally associate. You know, Shane mentioned two-thirds of their much-vaunted half-forward line replaced, and that's not really a good sign when you consider you're talking two hurlers of the year. Um, and you just, yeah, there, there, there was a, there's a few different aspects to them that maybe they're not, you know, flying at the same pace that they ordinarily would be. Having said that, it was a time for different types of leaders to stand up. Cahill O'Neill was incredible, emptied himself, was absolutely outstanding. Um, Tom Marcy is he hurler of the year category at the minute? I'd argue he possibly is. He's certainly up there with Noel McGrath for me. And um, and 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 then defensively, I thought they were absolutely rock solid. Did we have a goal chance for either team, Shane and Jackie? I'm not too sure we did. And oh. by the way, I thought the Tipperary goalkeeper was, I mean, this guy, like his puck outs. Wow. I mean, you know, like, and really, really solid, you know, and he tried a few risky ones and like, and we know how, uh, we know how good Limerick are to pickpocket on ropey puck outs and how big they can make themselves look in terms of, you know, picking off any sort of risky short ones. And he still went for it on a couple of occasions and I thought fair play to him. But the blocks, the one thing that stood out for me around Tipperary yesterday, they must have had about 20 blocks in the space of about a four or five minute period. And I was just, it, it was awesome. Absolutely awesome. The level of commitment. They just just kept blocking. Hurley's up, block, block, block. I mean, it was a case of like, we're not going to go away today. And then to take it right down to the to home stretch, I thought the free at the end was slightly fortuitous in terms of the one that they got to level it. And maybe a little bit of a, a, a handy one from Sean Stack on that front. But I did think a draw was a fair result and it was just an absolutely epic contest. Mm. Shane, can I ask you about Tip? Because Liam Sheedy was with me yesterday and I was watching the matches with him and I was asking him about Tip because like what Rory's talking about, that is what is, stands out for me with Tipperary this year, just their work rate off the ball in particular, what they're doing. And even Liam, who's been over this team uh, in the past, said... He's never seen a Tipperary team work this hard. That they that they were that good. Ah, this, this, that. this group, that, like, you know. So what is it? He's very. He's, he's been too hard on us there now. Anyway, yeah. I don't have to have ordered in there. Uh, and Liam, Liam used to be. He was, he was a guy. He used to always say about you putting on the overalls and you're going to work like. And he used to always say that to us. That was his mantra, and that was that was him as a player, and that was him as a manager. You know, work was always number one on the board. Like when we were talking about, you know, hitting targets, but. That it's phenomenal, like the, what the boys did yesterday. Just a few things, like say, like Tip scored nineteen points from from turning them over, like, um, as in they had possession, they won possession back. Like Limerick scored twelve points from turnovers, but we're normally that's normally the other way around, lads. So nineteen points from turnovers, like, like that's phenomenal stuff. Twelve points for Limerick from turnovers, but like it's the hits that were going in. It was the intensity. It was also. Uh, 
along with the work rate and the honesty that's in the group there at the moment, I think it's the mental strength that they have because they're so fit and because they're, they're hurling so well. My example is, right, after 13, after five minutes in the second half, let's Limerick had four points scored, four in a row, and Shami Flanagan was the fourth one, and it was an absolute worldie of a point out by the sideline. And the crowd around us, they were just getting louder and louder and louder. But like in that quarter, then like where before maybe we Tipperary or other teams maybe are falling off because they're not able for the intensity. They're not able to live with that physicality. They're not able to live with the crowd getting behind Limerick. And Tip's reaction was brilliant. So in that quarter there, Jackie, right, in the first 50 minutes of the second half, when Tip got four or Limerick got four in a row, the quarter ended up being Limerick got five scores, but Tip got four scores. And that's the difference for me with Tipperary this year is that the reaction they have because they know they have the hurling, they know they have the fitness. And even in the final quarter, when Limerick were really driving on, now Burns was getting on ball, Kyle Hayes was driving on, you know, Garrett Hagerty had a goal chance, like probably the worst hit ball he's maybe hit in championship. Yeah. I think the man just didn't know what to do with the ball, such as maybe where he's at at the moment in his own personal pl- uh, playing for this year. But in the final quarter, it was eight scores to Limerick and it was six scores to Tip. So Tip stayed in there all the time. They stayed in there, we got a massive reaction off our bench. Three points from Connor Bow. Sham came on, scored a brilliant point, albeit, you know, a, a perfect pass from Dinner Burns is what he got. But lads, I mean, by, by that stage of the game, lads are going, like my Casey went down with cramp and Connor Staken's going down with cramp. Like these are top, top athletes, but it's just everything they were putting into it. So to go back to your point, Jackie, the work rate was phenomenal on both sides. But what tip brought, the intensity they brought and the reaction they got from their bench as well, it was massive. And then, what they got, I suppose, from their lesser known guys. Like, I'll be honest, lads, it was a bit of a head scratcher for us here in Tiff about Reese Shelley. We weren't mm. sure why, because Barry Hogan's so good. There he is yesterday. He went short. He was confident. Very close, Rory, a few times. Absolutely. Very close. He, yeah. had, he, had, he had the bravery. He had the self-belief to go for it again a second time. And fair play to him. And the boys wanted the ball. And so, while we, we had to go along sometimes, and he was fine with that too. You know, he scored a great point from a free. It was the confidence in everybody around the field to say, we're going to try this and if we get turned over, we're still going to try it the next time. And I suppose that's, that's, that's what Tip will take from it like that. The work rate, the honesty and the belief in the system and each other. And I think that's, you just, you know, to do that, to be able to do it against Limerick, who are the standard bearers, was, was phenomenal. And um, yeah, and look, and even at the end of the game, lads, I suppose, I don't know, did you, would you notice it there at home? Um, there was a bit of bite at the end, at the very end after the final whistle. I've seen guys react that I've never seen them react that way before. Uh, quieter guys will say. Um, there was Noel, obviously... Noel, Noel McGrath, you mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Noel. Yeah, I, I've yeah. never seen that from Noel. Like. Yeah. And maybe it was because his brother was standing over the free and a few Limerick lads were having a, a good chat with him. Maybe that was a factor. But look, lads, emotions are so high. They went in. It was a, there, was a, there was a bit of pointing going on. Lads had a few words with him. It went on a bit. But I suppose, look, such is the levels, lads. Such is the levels of intensity, such is the level of pressure that when the thing is over, you just need to release somehow. And uh, maybe that was it for the two teams. But uh, look, we were, there was handshakes all around in the stand too between the Limerick Tip fans, which is nice to oh, see. Oh, I'd say there was. I'd say there was, yeah. Um, Mir, what about the other game then, uh, Shane? Because I think, I, I guess for Claire, it's the statement of backing up what they did against Limerick to go and beat a Cork team. And look, I think some people might say Clare could have won that game by even more given the way that they had started that game. But I do still think for them to be able to hold off a coming Cork team in Ennis is a, is a big statement victory by Brian, Brian Lowen's team as well. 
It is, and it, I suppose it's been well documented about the scorers and who did what. Tony Kelly was Tony Kelly, as I've seen several people say, and that just, I suppose, for people who maybe don't understand that means he was class again. Like, his, his goal in the first half, I, I don't know, I, 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 as a coach maybe, or I, I mean, teaching kids in school, I don't know, can you teach someone to flick it over like that and bat it down? It's, it's, you just, you have that or you don't, and he has it in abundance. So when we're talking about individual awards, that guy is up there again. I just thought it was very interesting and all the performances around the field, Dermot Ryan in particular, he's man of the match performance, he's four points. But you know what, Jackie, what I loved about Dermot Ryan was that last ball. Like, oh, yeah. like he's still a young guy, like, and to win that last ball and win it with, like, like his manager had done before him as a player and burst it out, like, and to see the emotion, I suppose, that it meant to him as a young guy coming in, you know, wanting to, wanting to really announce himself to the world. We know Dermot Ryan is good. You know, yeah. we've seen him. But I, I think yesterday was, you no, know, I'm here. I'm a top player to win that ball. Like that was just a big statement. The other thing I found very, very interesting was, and Rory, I don't know if you agree with this, right? In on the puck outs against Cork or for Cork against Tipperary, right? Tip allowed Cork go short 20 times in the game, Rory, right? Mm. And they actually got two five from that. And I was looking at it there yesterday, and Claire only allowed Cork go short eight times in the match. They 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 knew. I thought it was very interesting to see they knew the value of how they love getting it short and working it through the lines, getting 2-5 against Tip from going short. Claire obviously said, right, let's make them go along. So they made them go along out of their 36 puck outs, they made them go along 27 times. And they felt in that they were going to win the breaks. And you know what? They did win them. Yeah. So I thought that was, that was a great move by Claire. Definitely on purpose. Don't let them go short. They pushed on them. They made them go along. And did it go some way to winning the game? Of course it did. Of course it did. It, it, it speaks for themselves. Cork scored two points from their sharp puck outs yesterday, whereas they scored two, what was I'm saying, two five against Tip from their sharp puck outs. So I thought that was a great tactical move. Like, um, or like Cork, they scored three, Rory, right? And I'd say we'd all agree here, the three of us, if you're scoring three goals in Munster Championship, I don't think you're going to lose the match. Mm. But I suppose there you are with Claire again. This conceded five against Tip down there. Yeah. But this is obviously a worry going forward as well that they've conceded eight goals at home in two games. But that's obviously something they're going to have to get right if they want to go on and do things. But I suppose they are knocking up 23, 24, 25 points. So, but it, 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 I suppose it is a factor. But what I, was, what I meant to say was Cork actually had three more goal chances in the first half, watching yeah. back last night. They could have scored five or six goals. So I think that's something Claire will have to, have, to have, have, uh, have a chat about. What will Cork bring into next week? I don't think their attitude will change. I think they knew, maybe had a fair idea, Rory, that it was going to be winner take all, maybe anyway. And mm. um, what are they going to do? They're going to bring in intensity. They're going to bring in ferocity. And I'd say they're just going to try and run run the legs off the Limerick boys, in, in, in my opinion. Anyway. Well, had they drawn, Shay and Jackie, had they drawn the game, the situation wouldn't have been any different. Exactly. So I, they're getting on the bus. Oh, it was a one-point defeat. But sure, like if we had managed to get a draw, we would have still had to do the same job. Yeah next weekend so I don't know if I'd be beating myself up too much about it something that I suppose would be a small bit of a concern for me Shane Jackie is they firstly I was a slightly concerned about the selection the team selection um I wouldn't be overly critical of Cork management they're in their first year they're going to learn I thought there was too much workaholic workaholics and not enough and not enough shopaholics, we'll say. You know, I think we needed a couple of Shane Kingston's yeah. potentially in that starting 15 with a small bit more pace. 
We lacked a little bit of ball winning ability. Shane mentioned about puck outs landing and not sticking. I think you can kind of look at the likes of Harnady, Hoggy Harnady and Lehan. They're on the go a long time. Would their roles maybe be better served in terms of, you know, pushing on later in the game as with an impact in that scenario? I don't know. I mean, I I, I definitely felt it was a game Tim, Tim O'Mahony should have started in the half forward line. I think he would have definitely given them a bit better of an option there and given Claire something more to think about. And he's good in the air and he's also a very, very accurate player. We didn't, we don't, we're not scoring enough points from play and you can't be dependent on goals to keep digging you out, which is what happened against Tipperary. And obviously it was the same again against Claire. because trust me, you ain't going to get too many goal chances next week below in the Gaelic rounds. So the other thing as well from my point and was there's two other things was the first thing was I thought Tommy O'Connell had a tough day at the office. I again felt maybe that Jerome Millerick should have started. And I think when he came on, Tony Kelly's influence was curbed quite a lot. I'd expect yeah. him to start the next day. And the the last thing I'll say is we're could Cocker conceding a huge amount of scores on the opposition's half back line. Now, what does that say? Nine points in the last two games, right? So I think Seamus Kennedy got three. And I think between Dermot Ryan and David Mack yesterday, they got six between the two of them. Yeah. So that's nine points that the opposition's half back line are picking off. Now that to me is obviously a direct consequence of you drifting your half forward line into midfield to make that more combative and make it more of a contest and make it more of a war zone. But there's a price to be paid for that. And if you Cork do that next week with Hannon Burns and Hayes, curtains. Mm. Yeah. I do still think though, Shane, that Cork people will feel that there's an an optimism there, first of all, for all the reasons that Rory's outlined, that they're actually, you know, they're making progress first year under new management and all that. But also, it's a shot to nothing for them at the Gaelic rounds because people still think that Limerick are going to win this. And the ferocity that this Cork team could could bring, I still think they'll think, right, we can have a go here. Yeah, I, I, I'd I, say the Cork people don't think Limerick are going to win it. Um, I, I just... <laughs> I think they do. I don't think anybody's going up there thinking, oh, this is good. <laughs> like, I mean, this is a ma- This would be an unbelievable upset, in my view, to go up yeah. there and beat Limerick up yeah. there, not Limerick or the championship. I think. I it do think it's an enormous win. chance for them yeah, yeah. for that oh, same. It's huge. It's huge. And like, if, if one team has the self confidence or the belief to do it, it, it definitely will be Cork, like, you know. But uh, as you said, get, get, get your best 15 on from the start, maybe. Like poor, like is is Shane Kingston an impact sub now? Like I mean, after forty, was it forty two minutes? Was he what time was he on yesterday? Was something like that? Yeah. Like do like do you, do you get the most? Do you get to get the most off him from? Like you have to do you have to start him? Like I mean, that's that that's for me is a conundrum. Like what as Rory said, you 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 need a few workhorses, but then you need the few flair players as well. And I think everybody needs to. I just thought uh, he got the balance a small yeah, bit wrong maybe, in team maybe selection. As, uh, as, as a Bill Belichick used to say, do your job. Like, mm-hmm. but maybe like there may if there's six forwards, three of them have to. You have to say you just need to do your job and you need to work for Ashley Hard. Look what tipped it yesterday, and the other three of you were going to get the ball to you. So year year we've three ball winners and we've three game winners. If that makes sense, like you know mm-hmm. you don't need Pat Horgan having to go in to a rock, chance of getting a dead leg. And, and coming out with the ball and passing it out to someone. Whereas Pat Horgan should be outside the ruck. Someone else should be in there, Connor Cahillan or someone like that, and popping it back out to him. So that might be what how they pick their team. I think Jack will be very, very interesting. Like, do they have the ability to go and beat Limerick? Absolutely they do. Um, 
you know, but I suppose both Limerick and Cork, Tipperary, well, all the four teams, they had to give everything, everything in that game yesterday. Um, one team came out with a victory out, out of the four. Mm. And, and one team now have three weeks rest, whereas the other three have to go again to the well, albeit Tip have, a, you know, the destiny is in their own hands that they can get to a Munster final with a victory. It still is t- tasking on the body, like to ask them to go again and go again. I'm actually on duty next Sunday in the Gaelic rounds. I think it's going to be, I think that'll be atmosphere wise, will be unbelievable as well. Um, I, it'll be probably close to a sellout again, I'd imagine. Oh, both stands are sold out already, yeah. Shane. Yeah, yeah. And look, lads, that does help, that does help create the game as well. No doubt about it. Like I was down in Nolan Park Saturday night, and as I said on the radio, I was driving into Kilkenny. I got to like say the hospital there, no traffic. I got in as far as New Park Roundabout, no traffic. I had to nearly look at the phone then and pull in and look at the phone to see is the match actually on here tonight or have I got it wrong? Should I be in Parnell Park? Sorry. But it was on. But look, and that and that adds to the atmosphere there, what's going on as well. So look, Cork team selection, Jackie. I think what they're going to go with from the start will be a big, uh, big message of intent to say, do you know what? We're going at this from the start and we're not going to wait until minute 50 and hope we're still in the game and then try and finish it off. So that's, I think that will be an interesting thing to see. And, ja- and Jackie, isn't it amazing, right? So the two teams are going in to play off basically to keep their season alive. They both beat Watford, both lost to Clare by a point and both drew with Tipperary. It's, aston- it's astonishing, like. Yeah, it's mad. We're throwing we're throwing out some stats here. It's tomorrow. unbelievable. Yeah. unbelievable. <laughs> 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 oh. And then from all that thrill, the Leinster Championship. Let's take the air out of it all. Then, um, come here. You said you're in Nolan Park. Yeah, I, I do still, I do still wonder where are Kilkenny and Galway at because you look at what they're coming up against. I did think Dublin actually brought the fight to Kilkenny. Uh, yeah. Finally, at the weekend, and you would say that Michal who might feel that his team are making progress, but outside of that, it's very hard to get a read on what's going on there. Yeah, sure. Look, uh, well, in fairness, we got a bit of we did get the excitement yesterday in the form of Westmead and Wexford. I'm sure we still touch on, but like say, Dublin definitely brought the fight. They and um, just being down there and, and watching it, to, even the Kilkenny people around us, they, they were nervy. They were taught like you know. Normally they would think Dublin maybe as a kind of a kind of a pushover and that they, a game that they take for granted that they'd win, you know. You know, let's be honest, like that they are games that they've won down through the years, bar once or twice, you know. But like Dublin brought the physicality, they started very well. Like TJ got a free in the first minute, but after that, then Dublin got the next four scores, Jackie. So they were pushing on, they were driving well. I said it the other night, and I fully believe this. I think if Dublin could afford to have a Donald Burke type character or afford to if they could create an Aaron Galan type character in their inside forward line, I actually think they could have got a result there the other night. Why? Because the, the quality of ball they're giving in was good, but they just weren't able to make it stick. And why weren't they able to make it stick? They're just, they're just not at that level. Like, you know, they're not at the level of the top inside forwards in the country. Like, and I, I think that's where they fell down. Like, say, from their whole full forward line, Jackie, they only got one point from play. Yeah. And that's, and that's, and I tell you now, lads, they got good ball in. They were getting good ball in. Owen O'Donnell, Owen O'Donnell is out, outstanding hurler. He was really good tonight. Connor Burke, right? Um, like they were pinging the ball into the corner, into the space where it was supposed to be. Like if they're doing video analysis, they're done. That is the ball, lads. What are you doing inside? Like you can't have it perfect, but they were getting it. Like they were getting really good ball and the boys just weren't nailed to make it stick. It was coming out. Why? For me, the reason is Mikey Butler was outstanding. Mikey Butler scored a point from play. The fella he was marking didn't score. Right, mm. he's cornerback. The other fellow's corner forward. 
Hugh Lawler was outstanding as well. Two of those, they just snuffed out everything. And then Tommy Walsh was coming in with big plays every now and again. And I think that's that that was the difference for me. Is there a still a reliance on Donald Burke? Yeah, there is. I think there is. There's no point in saying anything else. Like Donald Burke is he's getting eight points from freeze, two points from play, ten points, Dublin get 21 points. There you go again. He's up around the 50% mark. If they can just get take that reliance off Donald Burke. Kind of like what Claire have done with Tony Kelly in regards that they've scores all around the field now. If Dublin can get that, yeah, then they're, then they're going to make progress and then they can push on. But until they do that, Jackie, this over-reliance of Donald Burke, who I feel, and I've said already, I'd love to see this guy win an All-Star, but I don't think Dublin are going to go far enough for him to be in contention. But uh, on the Kenny side of it then, um, Adrian Mullen was good. Paddy Deegan, very good three-point play. As I mentioned, Mikey Butler, Richie Reid was good, worrying for him and went off with an injury. Tom Phelan stepped up with a few points. Owen Cody and Mossy Keown. TJ got 10 points from freeze, lads, but no point from play. And, you know, he got a lot of attention from whoever was on him, be it Paddy Doyle, Paddy Smith, Owen O'Donnell. He didn't really get involved in the play of it. And, you know, I suppose, let's be, let's, let's be realistic here, lads. Like, TJ's 35, 36 the intensity of the games and like I, I'd be worried that not worried I suppose I'm worried because I just love him as a hurler I, in my opinion he's the greatest hurler ever you wouldn't that, be worried for Kilkenny like no no not worried for Kilkenny <laughs> but like just to see him the other night like he went off he, he didn't you could see that he was getting a bit frustrated yeah. He he's brilliant at the freeze and what a hurler he is but he, he wasn't getting on it from open play like we normally seen and I suppose if it went later in the year and they came up with a real intensity of it, an All-Ireland quarter All-Ireland semi-final I don't know would he be maybe not able to live with it and Could that's, they ju- that's just my honest more, opinion Shane, drop him in a little bit because I did think that as well that look he's still class he still takes a yeah. lot of attention and it's still worth having him on the field but could they protect him a little bit more they could maybe like but I say yeah, TJ got booked the other night I I, I don't I ne- never see TJ get booked I just it's just pure frustration Jack because every time they were swar- swarming him they were surrounding him they were you know kind of chopping down and all this thing and you know, he didn't, he, he wasn't his normal three, four points from play, which the standards he has set. So, like, could they protect him a bit more? Maybe leave him in and leave and leave a bit of space in front of him, get a Massey Keown in around him, get Owen Cody out the field. Maybe that'll be an option going forward. You know, I suppose the Prince, the, or the King, the, the Prince came on in, the King in waiting. Was that his championship? Was, like, that his, was that his senior championship debut, uh, Shane? I think yeah, it was. I think, was I it? think it was. Yeah, and literally yeah. the first ball he got his hand on was a free, put it down, nailed it, no mm. issue at all. You know, he's... He's uh he's some of all kind of freeze and he will be very, very good player in time to come. But yeah, that's that's where I think that game was at. Nowhere near the intensity. Um just it just it is what it is in Leinster at the moment, I suppose, Jackie. You know, we could we could nearly have foreseen at the start of the year it'd be Limerick or sorry, it'd be Kenny and Galway in the Leinster final, and that's the way it's, it's panning out to be. But I think it's kind of more interesting at the other end of the table now, isn't it? Yeah. After, after no, yeah. Well, look, that's the thing because like, let's call a spade a spade, Rory. Like that's really the result of the weekend. I think what Westmeath have done. Okay, there's two sides of it. One is what's going on in Wexford, but on the other side, like what is Joe Fortune doing with a Westmeath team? The way, the progress that they've made, that is a phenomenal win for them. First time since 1940 they've beaten yeah. Wexford. Even the draw last year, I think people said this was coming. I think to get the win though, for them to finally get over the line, that that's enormous for them. Massive. And, um, you know, like, it's not the most glamorous of roles, I'd imagine, being a Westmeath intercounty hurler. They had virtually no support from what I could hear watching it. Like, every time they scored, there was literally a murmur. So I don't, like, I mean, I presume the vast majority of people within Westmeath follow football and the footballers' fortunes. So, uh, no pun intended. But, like, the re- it was just a... 
I, I just I, I actually put a tweet out last night, rare enough now, but just in relation to Dirk McNicholas, uh, it was quite funny. So he's like, so he's amazing service, made a championship debut in 2004, still going incredible. And I marked him down as 38 and um, he sent me a direct message this morning and he said, Rory, I don't actually turn 38 until next November. So, <laughs> you know, every year comes when you're my age, fair play to him. So my apologies on that one, Derek, but it was still incredible to see him come on, score a point. No, like, I think it's brilliant for them. They've managed to secure uh, League One hurling uh, for 2024. And now they have league, uh, they have championship, uh, elite level championship for 2024. And I would again encourage I suppose the GA and the Leinster Council at a sort of a grander level to try and get in there, find out exactly what it is they need to maybe get them up another level and to try and keep them there. Now, that's going to be the big problem. But I suppose, look, the real worry is Wexford and just to fall off a cliff. 17-point turnaround. Like, wow. I mean, what can you say about that? Nothing, really. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, it's very, very worrying. I do think it's alarming, Shane, as well. I mean, you can't. it's too early to say crisis in Wexford hurling, but look at what's happening in Waterford. The lads were chatting about this last night as well. I do. You would have to fear now that Wexford really need to rapidly put something in place. Uh, look, it is, lads. There's no point in saying that. Now. It's like it's a long time since they won minors, you know, under 20s, you know, their schools teams being competitive, things like that. I mean, it's it's not just it's not just now, like at the senior yeah. level. Like it's this is all the steps of the ladder the whole way down. Like this needs... There needs to be a, a massive meeting, a massive like committee set up, whatever it needs to be. I know they, I know they do good work and they try to get in around the schools and all this to see and they do great stuff on social media about it. But are they just uh, like are the right things being done like with development squads and you know with the with the minor teams? Our lads is the other side of it is is it just not there? Like is the talent not there at the moment? Like I, I you could try a system, but like say even if you look for Limerick right now, it took a it took a long time. Like it took. 2009-2010 for and it took it took the five six seven years for them to start seeing minor teams be competitive for start being under 21s when I learned it and obviously their golden generation now and um, being a product of of that stuff like so this could take time Jackie I suppose like it could if, if the right structure is put in and like should they go to the likes of a Limerick and see what did you do like what mm. did you do what was the big changes you made Go like go down to Kilkenny. Like what? What are you doing here? Or go to Clare? Go, go, go to like, Clare. Go. We, we go, saw Clare a couple like. of years. We saw Clare a couple of years ago get a forty-point hiding off Cork in a minor final, and everybody was writing there. You know, doom it was all doom and gloom, and everyone was writing their epitaph. And oh, Clare hurling is ghost for the foreseeable. And look at where they are now. Yeah, you know, yeah. like, you, know like you can got... turn this around quickly. Yeah, but you need to have. You need to have a fairly good plan. And I think that's obviously yeah. what's happening in places like Clare and Limerick. Sorry, Shane. I think, but I, I agree with you, Rory. I think you need to have the right people as well. Mm. Like whether that's whether that's going to be former Wexford greats, whether it's going to be, you know, really respected coaches in the club circuit down there, things like that, who, who know the inside thing. And look, like, as I said before, Dara is a very good friend of mine. He's the manager, like, um, you know, he'll, he'll, I'm sure he'll put his hand up and say, look, we, we got it wrong here as well. But I mean, like, it, it can't always be the managers. Like, I mean, the, like mm. the managers are coming and going down there. Like, I mean, sometimes you have to look internally. Like, and as someone said to me before, if you want the answer to your problem, go down to the local hardware shop, buy a full length mirror. And I, I guarantee you, you'll probably find the answer to the problem. So maybe that needs to be done as well in, in ways. Like what happened yesterday uh, is probably one of the biggest turnarounds ever lads in championship hurling, like to be outscored 413 to seven points in the second half of hurling, regardless of who you're playing. At home. Like, 
that's just kind of a down tools thing for me. That's At kind home. of like, exactly. like did you, how, how many more times are you going to keep watching them lob in the ball and they're going to keep winning it? Like, just win one ball. Like, they even, got, they even won a penalty. And, and Jack O'Connor, like, just very, very poorly struck penalty. Like, even if they got that penalty, lads, it could have actually maybe killed the game, you know, mentally and everything. But they missed the penalty. Wexford drive on, or sorry, Wick, or Westmead drive on, you know, Joseph Boyle and Niall O'Brien in particular. Like, they scored 2-2 two, two each in the second half of the game. I just think, you know, um, like, what a, what a day for Westmead, first of all. Fair play to them. Yeah. Fair play to them. As Rory said, yeah, they're in top-level hurling next year. They've, they've done it. The, the, the pressure is off them as such. And maybe there's a performance of freedom coming from them because Antrim are coming to town now and they have to get a victory. They've only one point. If they don't, they're gone. You know, so they're going to say, look, as good as friends as Darren Gleeson and Darren Egan are, there can be no favours done here. Like Darren has to look after his own and they have to get the win or they're gone. And it's, it's just hard to know, you know, What's going to happen out of it? Look, it is it is worrying times for Wexford hurling, and we're all here, people. We're all sports people, and we we want to see Wexford back. But like, like the last time they challenged for an All Ireland senior, lads, you're you're, you know, obviously ninety six. But I'm talking they were still competitive for a few years after that. But we're talking nearly we're going up to the thirty year mark now from when they could say, yeah, we they actually had a chance of winning Lee McCarthy. Like, yeah, look, it's um. Dark, dark day for them, but a great day for Westmead. Lads, we'll have to leave it there. But looking forward to another cracking weekend ahead and uh, enjoy it all. Shane, thanks a million for being with us. Cheers, guys. He hits it. He hits it. It's over the bar. Oh, holy Moses. All right, we're going to chat football now. And Kieran Whelan is with us. I know you were in Killarney for Kerry Mayo. First of all, what was the atmosphere like? Because I guess for a game like this, huge magnitude to kick it all off. My husband was in Killarney. He went to the match and he said it was brilliant crack around the place. Yeah, it was it was, it was a great atmosphere, Jackie. You know, uh, typical like Fitzgerald Stadium was one of probably the best places to go in the summer. We all know that. Great buzz around the town. Um so that's, I suppose, what the whole new format's about, isn't it? It's getting these big games in in kind of big venue, venues or provincial venues, whatever way you want to describe it. The only strange thing was that there was the distinct lack of male support, uh, and and it was it was it was definitely eighty percent Kerry, um, and usually you know you're so used to seeing that male support on the road. Uh, look like a lot of them maybe stayed at home and listen that could be you know expensive league campaign for them the mass momentum in the league you know the eight games they've the group system they'd be hoping to get to Crow Park later in the year and maybe people you know it's it's a struggle in terms of their pockets so that that was the biggest thing that stuck out that there wasn't as big a male contingent there as you'd usually have you know but absolutely listen brilliant atmosphere the game itself was uh you know, it, it, was, it was brilliant in that both teams went for it and both teams were brave in their approach and both teams pushed up and it was end-to-end and some fantastic scores and it was really exciting for it. But you can't help but think if it was, if there was a, a more bigger element of danger attached to it, would teams have been a little bit more conservative? So uh, I, I definitely think that's probably something we're going to see throughout the next couple of weeks. Like, it was, it was brilliant entertainment, really enjoyed it, but that sense of danger kind of maybe was missing a small bit, you know? Mm. It's it's funny because I I suppose I would have been with Kieran at Rory that I would have thought like, Asher, listen, there's a huge safety net for both teams. It'll be total cat and mouse. Nobody will go for it. But Eamon Fitzmaurice's point last week is actually quite well made that the winner of the group, there is definitely a bonus because you get that extra week off in there. 
it looked to me like both teams really wanted to win this game, maybe for that specific reason that Kieran has has outlined there as well. That look, you know, they there was real blood and thunder in it. It's a it's a real championship feel around it. But it seemed to me that they both wanted to win, and maybe that's the element of it. They both wanted to top this group. It, and and it's two teams that play in in my view, along with Dublin. The best, the best brand of football. They're mm. both fantastic teams to watch in loads of different ways. And um, yeah, I think they did both go for it. I mean, it was it was a, it was a brilliant game. And I think Kerry will be very, very disappointed um, insofar as they just never really had gained a foothold in the game at any stage whatsoever. They were at home. I think this was a statement win in lots of ways, Jackie. Like this was, you have to bear in mind, right? They haven't lost a match down there in the championships since 1985. I know people might say, oh, most of those are against Cork and what's that worked to you? But like they had some other teams down there as well. They've had Tyrone, they've had Mayo in the past. Nobody has managed to come out of there with a win. And this wasn't just a, a sort of a four or five, what was a five in the end, one nineteen mm-hmm. seventeen points. Mm-hmm. Like they were, I don't think Kerry led at any stage in the game, Wheelow, did they? Did no. Kerry have, yeah. No. So once, once, no. May, once Mayo went into the lead, that was it. And I think that will annoy Kerry people. It will definitely annoy the Kerry management and annoy their players. I thought Mayo were absolutely outstanding. Outstanding now from start to finish, even though I thought David Clifford was still man of the match. I know they gave it to Aidan O'Shea on the basis of, do let's give it to the winning team. Clifford was the best player on the pitch by a mile again. Um, but look, he has saddled him up onto his back. How, how long can he do that for? I think they definitely need more from around the field. One thing that I thought was noticeable about them, they were doing a lot of whinging to the ref. You know, like they were getting knocked over a couple of players. And this wasn't just one instance now. This was about four or five. Like it was Sean Hurston reffing. It's a Tyrone referee. You, they should have known what to expect. It was going to be, he was going to allow a bit, a good bit of physical contact. And every time a Kerry player was kind of getting bundled over, their hands were going up into the air and they were turning around. And this happened three or four times. And that's not Kerry, you know, like going looking to the ref or whinging to referees. That to me was kind of, you know, look, the attitude might have been a little bit off. And I think it was very disappointed from their point of view. But I thought Mayo were absolutely outstanding. Like they're so athletic, so powerful. Like they can, I mean, they were unbelievably clinical. You know, the one thing that Pat Spillane always says about them, the fact that they can't score. I mean, I don't know how many wides they had. And the last thing is they have a goalkeeper now who is right up at the very top of the pe- top of the tree. He can bomb them 80 yards into the opposition's half. He can dink them short if you want. And he can take the long range freeze in 45s. So I think really good day at the office for Kevin McStay and Mayo. Yeah, I agree, Kieran. I think a lot of people are, are really impressed with this Mayo team. The balance of it looks good and, and people are, are seriously rating them. Yeah, and I think, you know, certainly the Mayo performance the weekend kind of replicated what we'd seen in the league in a lot of the games. Yeah. Uh, and I like I was down in Castlebar the, the day against Roscommon and there was no doubt, like even the reaction to that game was over the top in terms of maybe the praise that Roscommon got. Mayo were flat that day and there was the it was a definite hangover from the league final. And I, and I don't think it was even physical fatigue. I think it was even mental fatigue. Um, and, and they just didn't have that same level of performance that we'd seen previously. We got that again on, on Saturday. It was exactly what we'd seen earlier in the league. Kevin has had quite a very settled team. Uh, I, I think the team that started now, of the team that was named, was very close to the league final team. But then he left out Durkin. He left out Cohn. And Fionn McDonough, they were all fit. They all came on. 
Um, they have that bit of depth. There's no doubt about it. Um, and the and the Hessian Owen McLaughlin all coming on as well. All, Serious all, depth all came on, yeah. But like I think from from a Mayo perspective, they would be delighted that Kerry just let them play their own game. They were very, very comfortable. Mayo dictated. They played the game exactly the way they wanted to play it. They had, they, uh, Tyg Morley had to drop off. Jack Carney didn't really know whether to mark him or to drop off. The carry defence was, was, was quite frankly a mess. He was in around supporting the lads around the middle. Uh, so was Jordan Flynn. I think they got five, kick, five points off long kickouts. And what was very interesting was they held three up. They held three up on those kickouts. And and similar, if you go back to Derry, Derry trying to suck everybody and other teams trying to suck everybody back and, and, and so they can put that full court press on. Mayo held three high up the field and Kerry had to gamble then. They were trying to get a plus one up and they were leaving a two on three situation. And the kickouts, there was obviously a little bit more space for Colin Reap to find his men. And when Mayo won it, they had an overlap. They got one ball into Ryan O'Donoghue at one stage. They were they caused Kerry awful trouble. So they were they were very well structured, very well organized, but they were allowed to play their game. Like Aidan O'Shea, I thought, Rory, you touch on Aidan O'Shea, I thought was was very, very good. And you know, they've they have now found, you know, he's playing as a full forward. We know he that. needs to stay there though, Kieran, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, he does need to stay there. And he did stay there a lot, like he will drift out. Um, but it's not that they're looking for him for long diagonal balls, or mm. it's, they're actually they're playing that what Stephen Rochford Corafin thirty yard kick pass, and they're just popping it in front of himself and Ryan O'Donoghue. He has that strength to hold off. He wins 90 percent of those balls. He's good hands. He sees runners coming through. He, it's very very effective. The shape that they held in the forward line is really really good. Uh, but they will be like that's the only I suppose challenge you'd have for them is that Kerry Kerry let them play their own game um, and and like the Kerry Rory you touched on it talk about Kerry crowd being annoyed like they were extremely frustrated and were they yeah <laughs> yeah they were they were really annoyed with the performance and I wanted to what was a potty said about a few years ago the uh, roughest animals uh, <laughs> yeah uh, but but it was, it was a really uh, like very poor Kerry performance and and massive question marks left hanging over them. Um, defensively, that structure that was there last year, they, 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 they were all over the place. They didn't know how to cope with Mayo. Tyg Morley was caught kind of in no man's land. But not only was he caught, I wouldn't be critical of Tyg Morley, the work rate around the middle third was awful. There was no contact put on. There was guys, when, when Mayo broke the first tackle, Kerry player stopped. And you could see there was even a massive frustration in the Kerry defenders. There was plenty of variables had out the field around that mid, mid, middle sector that the, that work ethic and that energy and that contact to Preston wasn't there. And it happened. what happened was Kerry had to resort then in the second half and they actually sat back and started to concede the kickouts and began to soak up the male pressure. They changed the whole approach. Uh, they dropped a lot deeper. And in, in a very strange sort of way, the game went 16-13 uh, at one point and Clifford was literally dragging them back into the game. Unbelievable to, to see his class up front. At what, what, a, what a player. Unbelievable. We all Unbelievable. Know that. Unbelievable. But, but at 16-13, if Kerry had got another point, despite only probably operating at 60-70%, it would have been third quarter. The crowd were beginning to get behind him. But then the male goal just burst any bubble, any momentum, and it went from three to six points and they were well able to close out the game, but Kerry a massive improvement to do, and they will be. They won't be. Look, there's an excuse. There is an excuse. They haven't. 
come up against Division One opposition, you know, laddie, laddie, la. So there's plenty. That would be the excuse thrown out there. They'll benefit from the game. But as all Ireland champions, they have a lot of work to do. I pity the team they're going to run into next. Oh, oh, who, who could that be? Because when you look in that group, Rory, though, they still have Cork and Loud. They're two yeah. games that they're definitely going to win. So yeah. then you say, OK, Kieran is right. Yeah, they have a lot of learnings, but they've got plenty of time to do it. too. And a two week break. I think that's absolutely yeah. key. Like the fact that they have a week off basically to digest it. I think if they actually had to go out and play next weekend, That'd be a, a, I heard Rory. I heard Dirty want to shake out of their system now. What yeah. happened on on Saturday? Because I think it's doubling down on the hiding Mayo gave them in the league as well, and I think that's going to stick in their heads a small bit. Sorry, Bilo. Yeah, I heard when they go to Cork, they're all going to play with their weak foot just for a bit of practice. <laughs> One hand tied behind their back. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, look, lots of, lots of learning in that group for sure. Let's uh, look on then at Galway Tyrone then, Kieran, because I think. Okay, the Frank Burns sending off obviously changes the whole dynamic of the game because up to that, Tyrone are right in this. But mm. like Galway first, how impressed are you with them? Their ability to win another like tough, tight game that people thought was going to go right down to the wire. What are you making of what Port Joyce is doing there this year? Yeah, I listen all year. I've been I, I, I've been very complimentary of Galway right from the start. The, they definitely have built on last year. They have much more depth. They're a very, very good control team in possession. They don't give up the ball too easily. Uh, I think probably Joyce felt they didn't perform at the weekend. It was a sloppy kind of performance. I think that's a good sign of a team where they're coming away feeling that there's massive improvement. Obviously, sending off had a massive impact. But the thing about Galway, and I know we spoke about this in recent weeks, you're kind of saying, yeah, will they, will they all click together in the four lines? And they, they don't kind of really have to. They, they kind of have that comfort that... yeah. Two or three of them can step up either day. One day it can be Shane Walsh or one day it can be Matthew Tierney or Damien Comer or Peter Cook or even Kenny McDay kicked a couple of massive scores. So, yeah, the sending off, like in the modern day game, you know, a red card is is, is, is massive and, and the impact that it has. Um, it was a silly tackle, like those blindside tackles. You know, Frank Burns straight and it was a shoulder straight into the chest, up into yeah. the that wouldn't even that wouldn't even be that wouldn't even be a free in hurling. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was a hurling weekend, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, no, like that that had a significant impact, and then obviously the black card and Peter Hart just to continue to play outfield, and like that was an interesting one that it was obviously a verbal abuse of some sort. You don't know what Niall Morgan said exactly to David Goff. Uh, when he remonstrated with him, but you know that putting them back then to thirteen men, they managed that period quite well. I think Galway only went a point further ahead, but like Galway to me, Jackie, I think Galway are contenders. I, there's a lot to like about them: solid defensively, very controlled in possession, and have top class forwards, and and have even midfield like to Killy McDay just building and coming back into it. And like the biggest, the biggest positive for them is that they'll feel they didn't perform to the level of ability, but they just still got the job done. Yeah, I think it's a great position for Porrick Joyce to be in, Rory, because every week it seems to me he's annoyed about something with his team. He's the forwards aren't playing, we're not working hard enough, we're not doing this. They're still winning a lot of tight games against a lot of good teams. And and I st I stay I think like Elo said there's more improvement in them I think one of these days and somebody's probably going to run into it they'll all click is Kieran Malloy potentially back in the mix Elo yeah like is I, I, I as far as far as I'm aware no I don't know if he'll be um, 
fit for this year, but I did hear that, I don't know, did I hear somewhere that he's training? Um, it was a winter kind of a feel to it. Like it was lashing rain in Salt Hill, like it always does. And there was a sort of a league football feel to it, especially after the sending off. And I think that probably suited Galway because at this stage they can win any game any way you want. I think that's a real mark of a modern team as well. Like they... We saw last year in the Ireland final, maybe they were slightly too open now to a certain extent, but like if you they, they can play it whatever way you want. And I think with the couple of additions now, I think it's added a, li- a lot more steel with Cook and Burke, particularly in the forwards. They've got unbelievable options around midfield. John Maher has been a massive addition, even though, like, as we know, it's a late bloomer type scenario there. Conroy still, I know he's 33, 34, still playing unbelievable football. So I think they're like, they have... Like that win, really, and you you only need one win, really, to progress. That win will obviously uh, give them an unbelievable chance now to top that group where they'll have another little gap week then. And I suppose that's that's exactly what Joyce would have wanted. Mm. What about Tyrone then, Kieran? Because I was chatting to Sean Kavanagh yesterday and he was saying to me, it's amazing that Tyrone could be in a position where they could lose five championship games in a row for the first time in God knows how long and still be rated as All-Ireland contenders. You know, it's a very funny position for them to be in, given the narrative around them this year, the tight game they lost against Monaghan. Yet, there are still people, people's picks coming out of Ulster. Yeah, I, I wouldn't have them maybe. I certainly wouldn't have them at the same level as, as Derry. Uh, would you not? You'd still no, rate, you'd rate Derry higher? No, I, I would rate Derry much higher. Derry, Derry just have a level of consistency, Jackie, and... and and, and very, very controlled in everything they do. And they have massive leaders right throughout the spine of their team um, and have massive strengths in terms of man markers, their midfield, their forwards. Okay, what's Derry's possible weaknesses? Maybe an overlines on Shane McGregor to get scores up front, but mm. uh, I would still have them ahead. Like Tyrone, I suppose, listen, it's one of the flaws of the, of, the, of the system we're in now in that you can lose these games and still get a bit of momentum at the right time of year. Like for me, to, like you look at last year's hangover, the All Ireland, um, this year in the league, we saw we saw flashes, but we've we haven't seen any level of consistency. And if you had to be, even if they had I had Frank Burns on the pitch yesterday, you still probably would have fancied Galway to close out that game in Salt Hill, uh, considering the experience they have. So I think it's a little bit concerning for 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 Tyrone, you know. Um, Maybe you know up front. Obviously, you've, you've liked some curry and you have the two canavans, but they're all small in stature uh, and physicality, and and maybe they're lacking a little bit of physical strength up front. Uh, the lads in midfield, Conco Patrick's playing great football, and we know that they'll be very very strong defensively. But like their next game, I think it's Armagh. Armagh, Armagh at home, and, yeah. Like that's that's going to be a tough one. That's going to be a very interesting. It's one. probably the worst game they could have picked to try and resurrect, you know, their season, Relo, in many ways. And yeah, probably... many ways, but it's also a tough one for Armagh, who are, you know, psychologically damaged, you know what I mean, as well. Come and come. And I know Armagh will have that little bit of a break, and you'd expect them to be ready and fresh again. But yeah, be, tough... well, Armagh will probably beat Westmead next weekend, and that'll give Armagh a little yeah. bit more of a pep going into that game, should you do, would yeah, imagine. Should do. So yeah, it's going to be a, like that game is kind of, but again, you know, it's going back to I know I know we keep repeating it, but if, if it was if it was two to qualify, what a game that'd be. Yeah. Everything, yeah. everything everything would be on the line. Everything yeah. would be on the line. But yeah, uh, yeah no, I, I still have Tyrone slightly be definitely behind Derry and even slightly behind Armagh, if I'm being honest. Okay. 
Well, that'll be interesting to see how that goes then. What about Sligo Kildare then? Because Rory, to me, in a lot of ways, like if you'd have told Tony McEntee that he could, you know, target one game in that group, this is the one that he wanted to target. For them to get a draw out of that game, a Division 4 team getting a draw against a Division 2 team is enormous for them. Massive. And it was definitely the game they were going to target, given the group that they're in, obviously, with Roscommon and Dublin in the same group. So, And they're the lowest ranked team in the whole competition at this stage. So I think it was a fantastic. And the way they did it, I mean, 14, 12 down into injury time, that carabine was a little bit harshly done for the double yellow. Um, the first one for me was probably yellow. The second one was just a little bit of a pullback. I, I don't know whether or not you'd be given a yellow card for that when the fella's already on a yellow. I thought it was a little bit harsh, especially as I said earlier, given what we see you can get away with in a hurling context. But um, And like he was obviously a big blow to them, considering the scoring threat that he provides. The point that Niall Murphy scored last night, that's a really difficult one. You can't really be definitive one way or the other from... Numpire's point of view, I'd imagine his perspective is slightly different to everybody else's. And look, there's no Hawkeye in anywhere else. And that's just the, the, the these are things that will just go far or against you on any given day. But I think the um, it was definitely a, a, a big boost on the back of their 20s um, get, getting to the uh, the All-Ireland final against the, the, the exact same opponent. And I think there's... You know, look, I think there's plenty for Tony McEntee to build on from Kildare's perspective. Again, look, after an encouraging display against Dublin, where maybe some people felt that they could have pushed on and maybe won the game or certainly taken it into extra time. I think it's Kildare very similar to Cork. It's, it always seems to be one step forward, two steps back. And that's probably where they're, you know, like you'd, you'd worry about them really in terms of the attitude, the spirit, everything that's going on there. And I'd say they can't get some of those 20s lads into that team fast enough now. Yeah, but do you know what, Kieran? You watch them against Dublin and you think, God, this, this team are really clicking. They're finding something here. How do you go from that performance against Dublin to, I'm not trying to be disrespectful to Sligo, but like, albeit they're at a different level. So how does this happen in the space of a couple of weeks? Yeah, I think like you have to give Sligo massive credit, I think, in terms of performance, their momentum. But Kildare, really, that lack of consistency and that question mark, and, and they're the type of team now that they're just, there's just so much unknowns about them. They can raise their performance when they're the underdog, but when they're playing against a team that's allegedly at a lower level, they, they've dropped their performance to that level. And, 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 and there's definitely... I, I, I don't know, even when you go back to last year, they beat Dublin in the league and they, they kind of got a step too far ahead of themselves and then got landed on their backside in the Leinster final. And maybe they, maybe they, maybe there was a little touch of complacency following the performance against Dublin, thinking, yeah, we're, we're going to go down here and we're at a different level here. And, 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 and they dropped to that level. So it's, 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 it's pretty poor from Kildare in terms of the quality of the players that they have. Uh, you would expect a lot better, but you can't take away from. Sligo's performance and and what Tony McEntee has done. We did kind of, you're going into the these qualifiers and you're thinking, okay, New York, London, the hammer and off Galway, you know, top of the, like uh, top of division four, and you're really seeing what, what level are they at. But that performance yesterday is going to give them a massive boost and they probably should have won the game. And the interesting dynamic here is just thinking about it this morning that if Dublin, Dublin beat... Uh, Roscommon and Dublin beat Kildare. Um, it, it, you're, these, it could come down to score difference between these two if Roscommon were to beat Kildare. Um, and Dublin could be playing Sligo 
and the third game already topping the group possibly if they have four points and they beat the other two in the head-to-head. So Desi Farrell could use that opportunity to the B team. run his bench uh, and score difference could come into it. Um, so it's going to be, this one could get very interesting if, if, if the results go to form. Uh, in the next few 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 games, so uh, it's a massive result from Stigo. And, and again, you could have that dynamic where a team with a draw might get through without winning the game. You know. Yeah, yeah. Look, that that's always a possibility as mm-hmm. well. Um, the other remaining game then at the weekend, Rory. I think everybody was wondering what are we going to get out of Johnny Gold yeah. because there's no doubt about it. There's been a, a dark cloud uh, over there on pitch, off pitch, everything else that's been going on up there this year. It's just been a difficult time to be a Donegal football supporter. How much of a morale boost is that win against Clare at the weekend? I think it's huge. I think it's, uh, given the fact that they started the game quite poorly as well, uh, they were behind at half time. I think they put on a big score and burst in the, in the second half. And to get out of there with a win, like it's their first big win really since probably going back to Kerry in the opening day of the league. And, you know, like that's an awful long time and there's been an awful lot of water under the bridge since in terms of everything that's happened between management upheavals and players, you know, not being available, going traveling, losing lads to injury, their captain going like, I mean, it's been one hell of a roller coaster ride from a Donegal perspective. But I think from the point of view of maybe having a rattle off this to a certain extent. They have good players. Like you do have to recognize they have very, very good players. And I think to go down to Ennis where we were expected a backlash from Claire as well, given how poorly they had performed in the Munster final and to come out of there with a win and a convincing win in the end, I think speaks volumes for where they may be now. Now look, it could potentially be a false dawn as well. And we'll learn a lot more about them as this particular group staged continues because obviously they have a couple of Ulster derbies coming up now and that's really give us a much better appraisal and a better test of their pulse Um, but I think look it's going to build confidence that can't be a bad thing and you know they, but who knows potentially they could be one of the surprise packets in this All-Ireland group series but look it's a, there's a lot for us to it all remains to be seen just yet yeah, look, it's the perfect opportunity for them in that mini Ulster Championship there, uh, Kieran. though, because if their metal is to be tested, they know exactly what they're testing them against with Derry and Monaghan to come as well. Yeah, and well, I suppose having two points in the bag in, 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 in your away, first away fixture is massive for them. And the expectation level has gone down. Like, listen, yeah. to local former Donegal, they, nobody expected them to perform. They were, they were literally... Seem to be working off 19, 20 players, uh, and, and and morale seems to be on the floor. Uh, but absolute brilliant victory for them. Um, disappointing from a, a player perspective, obviously having recovered from the monster final, and, and and they look like they're that's that was their home game, so they look fairly much probably doomed now. It's going to be very challenging for them to 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 get anything on the road. Uh, but yeah, puts Donegal in 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 a very very positive situation they, they'll, they'll take a bit of momentum from it um, Derry 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 and Bally Buffet next Wheelow like Donegal will raise their game for that if, irregardless of how the two counties were going because they, 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 will, they, they will they will Roy but I, the only thing I'd say is I'd say there's still cracks there like not yeah. everything was perfect you know <laughs> you know and yes they got the victory but there's still you know if you look at Donegal you look at their body language you look at their performances right throughout the year they've been very kind of mentally brittle and you can see when games go against them the towel has gone in at times so 
yeah, they'll they'll probably put up a fight, no doubt, in Bally Buffet and, and and challenge Derry, but I, I still think there's a there's a gap between between what between those two teams, between Donegal and, and, and Derry. Yes, well, look, uh, a lot of fun to look forward to over the next couple of weeks. We'll leave it there, lads. But uh, looking forward to the weekend ahead and another few uh, brilliant weekends of double hurling and football action. Thanks a million to everybody for listening and we'll talk to you soon. So there's the whistle, it's over, it's over.